Welcome to the Gospel Rain Podcast, part of the teaching ministry of Dr. Matt Brown and Dr. Micah Carter. We hope you will find gospel-centered answers to your questions about theology and the Christian life. And now, we welcome you to the Gospel Rain Conversation. My name is Micah Carter, and I'm sitting here with Matt Brown and that's right, and we are back in the saddle for season three of the Gospel Rain podcast. Matt, good to see you. Good to see you too, man. We hadn't talked in a long time. Yeah, it's sort of face to face. This is nice. We hadn't uh, we hadn't been able to sit down together for a while. Yeah, and I mean we're literally thirty miles apart <laughs> and rarely That's see sad. each other. <laughs> That's really sad. But uh, you, we've talked a lot about getting back in behind the mic, yeah. and we've had a lot of ideas churning, and so here we are. We're going to rebrand a little bit. This season, you'll notice a new logo for Gospel Rain, and uh, we've kind of got a strategy moving forward. And Matt, uh, we'll talk a little bit about maybe maybe a slight shift in format, but the bottom line is we're excited to be back behind the mic and talking yeah. about things that matter. Yeah, I've had a lot of people ask me where where'd you go? I mean, where'd you go? It's like we like we quit for a while, and we did, and we'll explain a little bit more about that at the tail end of the podcast today. We'll talk about, you know, sort of what's been going on in our lives and, and why we've sort of taken a break and all that kind of stuff. It's been a good break, good break, I know yeah. for me and, yeah. and I'm sure for you. Uh, but we're sort of jumping right back into some good conversation about theology and about practical Christian living and, and, and things like that. So hopefully this will be a help to those that are listening. Yeah, to and us. I'll say you know, in the gap, I mean, I've been listening to podcasts as well, and there's some good podcasts out there. The Imperfect Church yeah, podcast with John and Ryan, our friends. Uh, Doctrine and Devotion, Joe Thorne uh, and Jimmy Fowler. There's there's a lot out there that uh, you know really picked up you know in our absence. Not that they needed to. Yeah. They have their own <laughs> audiences right. and communities. But they have um, needed us to they, come back. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Right. So, but we're excited to get the Gospel Rain podcast going again. And I would also say before you talk a little bit about the format, Matt. Um, we're also blogging a little bit more yeah. on the gospelrain.com website. So we're going to be posting things that won't have audio content or video content. Yeah. It'll be um, maybe, maybe some really brief articles, maybe some poems, some stuff that yeah. we're just kind of interested in sharing with our community. So uh, if you're interested in looking to that as well, we'll, we'll be sure to, to make make you aware of when those times come on the website. Yeah, so this format is going to change just a little bit in that we have, for a while now, our podcasts have been about 45 minutes long, uh, 45 to 48 minutes long average. And so we're going to we're gonna sort of uh, trim that down just a little bit to about a, maybe a 25 to 30-minute podcast. I know that seems to be... Uh, like you've said, a sort of a sweet spot for a lot of um, a lot of good podcasts that we've listened to, and uh, you listen to a lot of these and you learn, you know, what they do and what what you like, what you don't like, that kind of stuff. So it seems like uh, twenty five thirty minutes, a little bit more bite size and and uh, a commute type, um, you know, length. A lot of people are going to drive to work and. And that seems to be a good length, you know. Yeah, right. So you can listen, listen to it over lunch and that kind of thing. So anyway, we're going to trim it down just a little bit, and so that's going to that's going to uh, box us in just a little bit more. And I, that'll probably help us a little bit more. Keep us on so, point. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. anyway, we're going to start today back though with um, a new episode on uh, a Baptist faith and message, mm-hmm. and this could take us a long time. We, I mean, yeah. we could take as long as we wanted to here. Because Series. There's yeah. A, yeah. There's a lot here in the Baptist faith and message, but what we wanted to do first, though, as we begin a discussion on 
particular doctrinal theological issues in the Baptist faith and message and what those mean to us as Southern Baptists and how those sort of mark or identify us and what we believe. People would often ask, what do you believe as a Southern Baptist? Well, the Baptist faith and message sort of tells us or tells everybody, hey, this is sort of what we believe. If you want to know this is, yeah, mm-hmm. it's not going to tell everything that we believe, but collectively, these are the things that we agree on, right, right. pretty much. And, uh, and so before we get into that, though, I want to talk about where the Baptist faith and message came from and why we have that as Southern Baptists as our statement of faith. And, um, and so this goes back a long way. Yeah. Uh, the first one written was 1925, but there were some things developing before that. The Southern Baptist Convention started way before that. That's right. And we got to the point in that year and even before that where we needed something. We needed right. to be able to say, hey, this is what we believe. Right. So tell us sort of how, Micah, how that sort of gets started. Where did that come from and why was it necessary at the time? Well, well most of our listeners know you and I uh, are Baptist pastors. We are in the Southern Baptist Convention. And, you know, this the, Southern, the Baptist faith and message has always meant to be um, a unifying document, as you mentioned, uh, for for Baptist believers to express, you know, biblical conviction, and so Southern Baptist Convention was started in 1845, and from 1845 till about early 1920s, there there wasn't a doctrinal statement, there wasn't a confession. Uh, basically, what what Baptists were holding to uh, in their associations and in their statements of faith were the New Hampshire Confession of Faith. Um, uh, Philadelphia Confession of Faith, uh, and maybe some even the Second London Confession of Faith. Yeah, so generally, most Southern Baptists, even before the Baptist faith and message was produced, generally agreed. Right. Were already unified on some major doctrinal points. Yeah, and and you're a historian, and you, you can share with us maybe the difference between a confession, which we're going to talk about in just a minute, and a creed and why Baptists have always been averse to creedalism, and even though we look to ancient creeds and we, and we adopt the theology, and the, the, but we don't, we don't subscribe necessarily as a creedal people. It's more right. a confession of faith. Why is that, do you think? Matt? Well, creeds, sort of, uh, creeds are put there to limit, right, to say these are the absolute boundaries for what you should believe and what you must believe. Must, yeah. uh, a confession is sort of an idea to say this is what we do believe, not what we must believe necessarily, but what we agree together on. Mm-hmm. So that's mm-hmm. why a confession won't have everything that we what we believe in it. It won't it won't box us into a number of other things. These are mainly primary doctrines that we're all going to say yes, okay, we agree with that. Jesus is the only way. Um, you know, the scriptures are whatever. So we have these things that sort of say th- these are what we believe. And the and you used a word a second ago that's really important when it comes to Southern Baptist. It's something that was done to unify. Right. That's right. It unifies what we believe. It is not meant to divide mm-hmm. us as Southern, although it does. It does. Right? Yeah, it does. <laughs> That's and, not a bad thing. It just, it, but there is a lot of division when it comes to doctrinal issues. I mean, you look at even rel- a relevant question right now in our day with the Baptist Faith and Message 2000 is the statement on pastors and preachers in the local church. Yeah. And can those be women? Right. And so even though it's a unifying document, it's it's sometimes used as a dividing document uh, on many on many statements, but well, there's a lot of argument over that. Yeah, right that's now. right. And in the Southern Baptist Convention, and even yeah. outside the Southern Baptist Convention, but right now within the SBC, 
man, there that's a that's become a very hot hot button. That's right. You know, but you know, and, and we may do a podcast on it later because a lot of people are having questions about that right now. But right, but right. It, but we do say some things in the southern, in the uh, Baptist faith and message about that and what we generally agree. It doesn't mean we all agree. Right. Every single person, but it generally this is what we believe as Southern Baptists. That's right. And so up up to the point of the original uh, 1925 Baptist faith and message, uh, as we mentioned earlier, there were statements of faith that people were holding to in local associations and local churches, but there wasn't a unifying document for Southern Baptists. And in about uh, around 1922, E.Y. Mullins, who was the president of Southern Seminary at the time, uh, was also a major leader in the Southern Baptist Convention, mm-hmm. were, was trying to really build bridges with Baptists in the North. Well, Baptists in the North were really slipping into liberalism, uh, you know, related to Scripture and a variety of other things, and this really was disconcerting to E.Y. Mullins. Mm-hmm. And so in, in 1922, Southern Baptist Convention uh, adopted a resolution that a committee would be formed with the duty of preparing a statement of faith and polity. And so because Mullins and others started seeing this, you know, kind of encroaching liberalism, they thought, hey, we don't share some of these views, and so we need to really, we really need to focus in on what's going on. So uh, a committee was appointed by the Southern Baptist Convention in 1924, and on that committee was E.Y. Mullins. He was the chair. He was the president of Southern Seminary. L.R. Scarborough, who was the president of Southwestern Seminary. C.P. Steely, W.J. McLaughlin, S.M. Brown, E.C. Dargan, the, the New Testament uh, prof, and H.R. Pitt. And so they worked mm-hmm. for, for this document of uh, faith and polity to bring it back to the Southern Baptist Convention in 1925, which met in our backyard, Memphis, Tennessee. That's right. That's in Memphis, right. Tennessee. And so it was adopted there, and man, it was a. Uh, they they gave a preamble. You can actually find this on sbc.net. There is a comparative document between the twenty five sixty three and two thousand, which we'll talk a little bit about in this episode. But they laid out a preamble that that said, "This is what we're about. This is not a creed to block you into what you must." A Baptist groups anywhere can mm-hmm. adopt statement of faith as they see fit, and then they gave some. Uh, I, I guess limitations of what the work was supposed to do, there's five limitations. And in the 63, they affirm those five limitations. And in the 2000, those five limitations. So there's continuity, even though it's been amended and updated twice now. And so uh, I I found it interesting that um, as the preamble to the 2000 Baptist Faith and Message said, uh, in one of their paragraphs, it says this, a pervasive anti-supernaturalism in the culture was answered by Southern Baptists in 1925, when mm-hmm. it was adopted by the convention. In 1963, Southern Baptists responded to assaults upon authority and truthfulness of the Bible by adopting revisions to the Baptist faith and message. And then the 2000 statement was trying to bring relevant questions of our day, theologically, practically, mm-hmm. and ecclesiologically, that might be different from 25, the context That's there, right. and 63, the context there, which is why we have a Baptist faith and message, 2000. Uh, I was in a little debate on Twitter with a pastor in Texas recently because he made the case that churches, you know, they're not held to the 2000 Baptist faith and message. If they want to adopt the 63, right. then they're fine. 
and I got on Twitter and I said, listen, man, uh, there is no 63 Baptist. <laughs> we only have the two, 2000. <laughs> right. The original was amended in 63 and amended in 2000. This is our Baptist faith and message. You can't, it's very divisive to think that if we're trying to unify around a confession of faith, mm-hmm. that some Baptists are holding to an archaic version that has been amended for the great majority of the now 45,000 churches of the Southern Baptist Convention. Yeah, so I guess what he's saying is, I like what the 63 said. I don't like the additions right, or the amendments to the Baptist faith and message that came in 2000, which those amendments are going to, uh, in 2000, are going to uh, focus around issues of the family. Yep. Is that right? That's right. Um, the issues of the family, and then there's some there's some minor changes, mm-hmm. very minor changes to the sixty three. The sixty three and the two thousand are not daylight and dark. I mean, they're, they're, you know, there's not a right. huge difference between the two, other than some of the uh, some some minor edits to the articles that were already there, yeah. plus some additions at the end, which again revolve mostly around issues of the family. That's right, and sexuality. So, in episodes that are going to follow this one, as we jump into the actual articles of the Baptist Faith and Message. We'll point out those places that there is update and there is disagreement because it gives us a pretty good snapshot of what has been happening in Southern That's Baptist right. life and theology since E.Y. Mullins in, yeah. in the early twenties of the twentieth century. So, you know, I think I think it, this is a this is a relevant conversation, and you and I really um, we, we want our churches to feel confident uh, that we are a convention of church. We're a part of a convention of churches that we're not going to go rogue on some doctrine. And if, if our churches go rogue, well, then we have we have a plumb line, if you will, That's right. that is meant to be a distillation of Scripture. Now, each edition of the Baptist Faith and Message made it a very careful point to say that our sole authority is the New Testament and the Old Testament Scriptures, period. You know, we that's uh, the Baptist Faith and Message is not our authority. The Scriptures are authority. That's right. But having said that, as a confessional document, this is meant to be unifying, to gravitate together for the purpose of understanding who we are as a people and our mission that Christ has given yeah, to us. Yeah, you say something very helpful right there. There's a real big distinction here that that we need to all be very clear on, especially for those who are not Southern Baptists, who are on the outside looking in. Um, we need to explain very clearly that the Baptist faith and message is not our authority for faith and practice. It is not our authority, and you made that very clear. And I think we just need to make sure that we establish that. It is not our authority. The Scripture is our authority. The Baptist faith and message simply uh, helps us to be able to say, okay, for instance, on the subject of salvation or on the subject of the Holy Spirit, right. what do we believe the Bible teaches on the person of the Holy Spirit? Right. And so it, it basically gives a paragraph uh, or two on who the Holy Spirit is, how we identify him, what his function is, what the Bible says about him, and then listed below those paragraphs on the Holy Spirit are scripture That's reference right. after scripture reference, a whole long list of scripture references where you can go and look it up yourself. So what is yeah. our authority as Southern Baptists? Is the scripture, the the confession of faith or the Baptist faith message, points to that. It just sort of helps us to say, you know, we're both theologians. It helps us to say systematically, this is what we believe the Bible teaches about a handful of doctrines. That's right. Not everything, 
but a handful of things that we think are very, very critical to unify us, That's to it. bring about fellowship. How are we going to fellowship together? Yep, and the committees who were responsible to bring you know, these reports to the convention made it made a case to say, listen, this is not meant to be exhaustive. You know, yeah. these are, we're trying to really get to the core of, of what is important and relevant to these doctrines that we can rally around. And, um, you know, it's interesting to me as we, as we think about the formation and the amendments of these that uh, the committee that adopted or that led to the adoption of the 25 had two seminary presidents on it mm-hmm. and a handful of pastors. The 63, no seminary presidents, and only I only recognized one person on a, on a committee of about 15 or 20, and that was Herschel Hobbs, mm-hmm. okay, who was the chairman of the committee. Yeah, that's right. And then in 2000, you have two seminary presidents, Al Mohler and Chuck Kelly, and really prominent pastors like Steve Gaines, Adrian Rogers, mm-hmm. Roger Spradlin, and others in our convention of churches. And I don't know if that was intentional, but just looking back on it historically, uh, I would argue the 63 made some missteps a little bit in some doctrinal changes, which is what brought us a 2000 amendment. Right. But... But there, there's a there's a really comprehensive, both a deep dive and a broad dive, even on the committees that were appointed to do this kind of work on behalf of our churches. Yeah. I mean, here we're talking, we're almost sitting almost at 100 years, right? 100-year anniversary of the Baptist faith and message. A lot has changed in 100 years. Yes. Uh, culturally speaking, uh, the way that we worship the way that we practice, um, I mean, just think, for example, the way that we do church planning even today, the way that we do uh, all kinds of things within the church, all, our, our culture has really, really changed. And then also the culture that's pushing in on us, the secular culture pushing in on us has really, really changed, especially when it comes to issues of sexuality. Right. Uh, those are huge. And so, but again, Baptist Faith and Message 2000 was really careful to say, okay, we're not, we can't say everything, and we're not trying to say everything about the culture because there are things that are going to change. We've got new definitions today that we didn't even have in 2000. Right. The issues right. of transgenderism and all right. that kind of stuff, those weren't even around in 2000, and that was just 19 years ago. I mean, yeah. we weren't even talking about that no. then. No, not even But close. we were talking about homosexuality, but we weren't talking about all these other different genders and all this other kind of stuff. So what 2000 sought to do was to sort of give us some some parameters mm-hmm. going forward, but at the same time knowing that there will be some need down the road to do that again. Yeah, absolutely. Um, because culture is going to continue to change, and we already see that coming over the horizon. But So as we've made clear, 1925 is when they established or wrote the first um, – uh, Baptist Faith and Message, and it's considerably shorter than the other two. Mm-hmm. Um, that We rocked along there until 1963, mm-hmm. and it was uh, amended and sort of changed, adopted as the 63 with some changes right. and some additions, and then quite a few additions there. Right. And then in the year 2000, uh, with under the leadership of Dr. Rogers. Mm-hmm. As um, a chairman. As a chairman, we amended again some some very minor edits, but then some additions to the end of it, which are not a tremendous amount. Right. So in our history, uh, since 1845, oh, and now we're sitting at 2019, we've done that three times. Yeah. That's incredible, really, to think. Of all the changes that we've seen since 1845, we've been able to hold to the 
a similar document for yeah. that amount of time. That's a great that, point. That's incredible. You know, as we kind of draw this to a close, because we'll um, we'll get into specifics of the articles in 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 following episodes. But I want to point out in the preamble of the '63 and then the preamble of the 2000, something very interesting as as kind of a formative principle that they were operating under. L- let me read from the 63, uh, just, just one statement. It says, Baptists emphasize the soul's competency before mm-hmm. God, freedom in religion, and the priesthood of the believer. Mm-hmm. Okay? 2000, listen to, listen to the subtle change, but very just listen to slow, it. It says, subtle. We honor the principles of soul competency and the priesthood of believers, affirming together both our liberty in Christ and our accountability to each under the Word of God. There is there is a difference between the priesthood of the believer mm-hmm. and priesthood of believers. All right. Okay. And All I right, think so. So for everybody, so explain. Explain the difference there, so people can understand the the basis of that that the difference in that statement. Because really, yeah. there's one letter change. That's right. But there's a significant difference there. Well, when when we talk about the doctrine of uh, the article on scripture, for example, the sixty three says that the the sole criterion for interpreting the Bible is Jesus Christ. Mm-hmm. Uh, that was taken out in two thousand because an individual an individual believer could come to the Bible and believe in his or her soul competency and that they're they're a priest in the sense that they're going to interpret the Bible according to what they think Jesus means by this. Mm-hmm. The priesthood of believers is the community of faith, Jude chat, you know, Jude about the faith once for all delivered to the saints that we we share a collective community together as priests in the kingdom of God. But it's not it's not necessarily meant to be the singularity of it, our collective witness to God's inspired word and, and proper interpretation of it. Uh, as people whose souls are accountable to God and accountable to one another, uh, is, is I know it sounds like a fine distinction, but it's very important. Yeah, which is the whole point for having a Baptist faith and message. That's right. right? It's because right. we are saying something collectively right. uh, to unify us. So I, I felt like, for example, on Twitter, that my brother pastor was was misled by what he said on the 63 and 2000, partially because he probably has a belief of the priesthood of the believer, mm-hmm. you know, rather than, hey, we're on this together, and, and let me remind you that this is a corrective to what you're saying. Yeah. Um, and so, you know, and obviously we're on good terms and everything. It was, it was, a, it was a good conversation, but... These these are important matters, and the distinctives of this these principles will work themselves out as we do comparative analysis on the Baptist faith and message. Of course, um, in my church, First Baptist, Baptist Ripley, we have a her, our own statement of faith. Mm-hmm. It's twenty four articles based based upon the New Hampshire Confession of Faith. Mm-hmm. So we made it our own. But just recently, when we redid our Constitution and Bylaws, I moved our church to adopt the Baptist faith and message as well. They, they hadn't, they never had twenty five or sixty three or two thousand. And I said we're in a convention of churches, and we agree with the Confession of Faith. And I think it's, I think it's important when people come to our church and they look at our documents and say that we are aligned mm-hmm. in good faith and standing with our convention. And so I'm not going to tip my hand by saying we hold to the 63, right? Because that will tip your hand towards some things, right? It will. But just say we are we're we're in good 
you know, good faith and practice with convention. Yeah, in our church here at Gaston Baptist Church, we we have in our Constitution bylaws currently still under the 1963. Uh, we've never redone our Constitution bylaws for a number of years, from what I understand. So mm-hmm. we're about to be in the process. One of the, the the things that I shared with our church back just a year and a half ago, well, part of the vision I have for the church as a pastor is 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 the need for revamping our our constitution bylaws, which will help us yeah. get more clarity on what what it is that we believe, and um, and I believe that we will we will move forward to and, and adopt um, the two thousand Baptist faith and message, and and then some other things that we'll have to work through, and that's that's a long process. It is. It's, it's hard a work. Long process, but it's worth it. Yeah, it is worth it. I haven't been. Um, uh, looking forward to it yet, but we've had some other things on our plate. But now we're uh, hopefully this next year going to get uh, to that process of finally That's doing that. And a lot of churches haven't done that, like you said, have never adopted really anything when it right. comes to a statement of faith. That's right. And it's a way for us to say, hey, we're a part of a group. We're yeah. a part of the Southern Baptist Convention, and that says something about what we believe. That's right. It says something about how we operate, and so uh, we just need to be cognizant of that and yeah. and know how we're going to. Uh, fellowship together and cooperate together. Yeah, that's a good word. And I, you know, I'm excited about this this series of, of podcasts looking at this. Uh, not not just because I'm Baptist, and we probably have a lot of listeners that aren't Baptist. Yeah. But but just that it puts us in a frame of mind to understand uh, what, what we're thinking in terms of uh, a collective Baptist confession. Yeah. Uh, even though we may, some of us may want to be more precise on some things, or we may want to say some things differently. Uh, this this is a rallying point. Yeah. It's not it's not meant to be a sledgehammer. It's not meant to be walls. It's meant to be a rallying point yeah. for Southern Baptists. I agree. So next time, next podcast, we will start looking at the first article of the Baptist Faith and Message, which is an article on the doctrine of God and what we believe, or the Scriptures. Actually, Scriptures is first, and then right. God is second. So we'll talk about the the the, uh, the doctrine of Scripture. And you know our our foundation for what we believe when we can when we're going to look up all these verses of scripture and right. um, so we need to say what we believe about the scripture as a whole. So let's let's wrap it up. I wanted to uh, to sort of personally just sort of catch everybody up. We know we've got a listening That's audience great. that has sort of wondered where we went <laughs> for a long period of time. We've been without uh, sitting down together for about six months really mm-hmm. talking about these things. So tell me what's going on in your life this summer that we've uh, we were, we took off in May basically, right? And we went all the way through the summer and then now part of the fall without meeting together so what's been going on with you man kids growing up my oldest son's driving now which is a, oh, yeah, a that new happened. element he's also he's already hit my car with his car uh which is another conversation for another day um a lot no, of wait a minute i gotta say okay okay okay, okay hang on I, I won't divest any information here but i gotta this is for all our listeners i get a i get a a text from micah that said uh, you just got a voicemail from me. Disregard it. Delete yeah, it. Delete it. And I said, "No, I'm not going to delete that." What is this? So I listened to it, and it is when it's when Ben hits your car, yeah. and you're having a conversation with him, yeah. and I can't hear the conversation on the voicemail. I only heard a couple of little things, but it was hilarious because you yeah. were getting on to him for hitting your car, and I wanted to hear the whole conversation, yeah. but I didn't get any of it. The, long story short, there's no physical way he should have hit my car. And it happened. And so part of what that voicemail, I accidentally called you, um, was saying, how is this even possible? That's hilarious. Yeah, you butt dialed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But uh, that, I also in my ministry, I took uh, about two months off this summer. 
Um, I've shared this in different contexts and stuff, but man, I was just really kind of hit the wall yeah. physically, emotionally, spiritually. And I want us to talk about that later in a podcast. Yeah, I'd like to we'll, do that. We'll, we'll do that. We'll. I think that'd be helpful for our brother pastors that you know that might be in similar situations. Yeah. But uh, long story short, man, I needed some rest. I needed some time off, yeah. and I took it. Uh, and then came back uh, end of July, and just jumped back in full force. And man, the Lord's been really good, you know, and church has been busy. Family's mm-hmm. been busy. And really, you know, as you, you have kids in sports, you have a daughter in college, you know, a lot of stuff going on yeah. that we text each other, say, man, we need to get together. We need to get together. We need to get together. And it just, it was just nearly yeah. impossible to sit down. So yeah. a lot of those things have, have finished, and now here we are. That's good. Yeah, my, my daughter ended up moving off to college mm-hmm. uh, this summer, too. Uh, Emily, she's at Boys College, which is the undergraduate college of Southern Seminary. And uh, she's on her way home, as a matter of fact, right now for the awesome. for the Thanksgiving and Christmas holidays. Won't go back until January, but um, but thankful for that. She's uh, pursuing a, a degree in global studies right now and preparing for the mission field. Mm-hmm. And so that's been really cool. It's a neat thing. You know, it really is a sort of a different season of life for us to have her out of the house. Uh, but we'll wel- welcome her back home uh, this evening. But a lot of things been going on in my life, too. Just business, church, uh, all good things, but really, really, really busy. Yeah. Um, but but good. Yeah. And um, so I'm thankful my he- my family's healthy. And um, it's been a it's been a it's been a good summer and a good uh, beginning to the fall and all that. So, yeah. so yeah, nothing's been wrong between me and you. We're not no. fighting. We're uh, <laughs> we miss each other. Yeah, we're not yeah. together. Actually, just can't just know. can't sit down together. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we haven't even shared a meal together. No, it's in it's that been many crazy. Months. That's dumb. It's been crazy. I mean, how stupid! Is and that? I know how much you like Chinese when you come. Man, to I love it. You know, and it, it yeah. bummed me out that I had to get you to come to <laughs> Boonville today to record <laughs> instead of going to sit down and eat Chinese together. Yeah, but, that's right. Well, anyhow, let me close the podcast. I'm so thankful for our listeners. And it's just great to be uh, sort of back in the saddle going at it again, and we're so thankful for you. And we pray that what we've done today has been some kind of encouragement to you and help you uh, help for you share it with other folks out there. You can find us on Facebook and Twitter and all that other kind of stuff and our website, gospelrain.com. You can check it out there and, uh, and the other things that will be available on that website soon. Uh, we hope to put more out there for you. So we'll, we'll, uh, we'll see you again next time on the Gospel Rain Podcast. Thank you for joining us for the Gospel Rain Podcast. We hope you've been encouraged today, and we pray the gospel will reign in your life this week. Make sure to follow us on Facebook and Twitter, or check out our website at gospelrain.com. Mm-hmm.